Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. This is the Starship Sofa, everybody. Welcome. Hello and welcome to a Hugo Award special. This is part two of our special look at the Hugo Awards. So I'm joined by Cheryl Morgan, who runs Starship Sofa's Observation Desk and who has actually won Hugo Award for Best Fan Writer. Cheryl, nice to have you on board. I've won two, actually, Tony. <laughs> How, that is, Lovely that, to meet you. Well, that's amazing. Do you know what I mean? It's, and have you got them there, Cheryl, just on your desk? Are they in the house, you know? No, no, they're, they're in California. Right. It's, uh, you know, I, I haven't had a home of my own here in the UK for a while, so I've left them with Kevin. He can, he can look after them. Two bloody Hugo uh, Awards. Wow, that's amazing. It's kind of cool, yes. <laughs> and we've also got the next guest who's got the, um, the great claim to fame to have been a dismal last in the Hugo Awards. <laughs> <laughs> never won one, but has always been there, you know. Jonathan Strand. Jonathan. <laughs> Hello, Tony. Yes, indeed. And I've been a nominee. Well, this is my third time, but I've been a nominee twice and have come a distant, dismal last. I think dismal is important to use. I mean, uh, every year after the Hugo Awards, uh, George Martin gives out these Hugo Loser ribbons, right? And he's even talking about doing a Hugo Loser, loser pin, which I really hope that he will. But I should get like the Bull Goose Loser pin. You know, the super big one that says, you know, he lost even more because Ellen Datlow was like a million miles in front of him. So, but no, it's, it's great. You know, even it's, it's, it's just it's still that, 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 you know, Jonathan, just getting nominated must be just an amazing thing for you as well. Is that right? Oh, it's a great joy. I'm, I'm thrilled. I mean, I've been reading science fiction since I was eight. I've been following Hugo Award winners for 30 years or something. I worked with someone who won 30 of the things or something. So I've seen just about every single different Hugo that's ever been, you know, given out. And to even be in that group as just as a nominee and to never ever win is a, just a thrill and a joy that I'll you know that I'll never sort of get over completely. I'm I'm just chuffed as hell. And if if I never get nominated again, I will be very you know, have been very very happy when I was. Well, I've got you both here just really to have a little chat about you know the, the weeks are getting closer and closer to the end, but and the view the, the Hugo voter packs out there now, and it's just really to have a little yeah. talk about what's you know the, the kind of nominations that are up there and this voter pack. Now, Cheryl, you yeah. you actually emailed me and says it's out there now the voter pack, Tony. Cheryl, is this the first time there's been this like online voter pack come or is oh. it? 
Well, no, it, it's kind of been evolving over the years. I mean, it started out that just we persuaded uh, the uh, the publishers of the short fiction to put their stuff online for free. And and then a couple of years ago, John Scolzi came up with this idea of persuading the publishers to actually do like a big giveaway where you get ebook copies of, of some of the novels and the, the related works and, and whatever. So he did that for, for a couple of years and it was very successful. And, and now he's handed that over basically to the fans who run Worldcons. So the AussieCon 4 people have uh, done all the work on it uh, this year, um, Vince Doherty and Kate Kliegman, who are running the, the Hugo admin. And uh, it's uh, an amazing package that they've got out there now, that if you are a, a Hugo voter and you only need a supporting membership to, to do that, then you get this uh, enormous package of stuff with novels and related works and short stories and graphic novels and goodness only knows what samples of, of stuff there so um, it, it's a really, really good value Cheryl do you know just you know because that must be a, a worthwhile thing anyways even if you, you're not that bothered in, in voting for the Hugo it must be a cost effective thing is it to buy that for what you get in it or is it a little bit still a little bit pricey for what you get in it <laughs> Oh no! I mean, you no. Know, as as long as you're happy reading ebooks, which of, of course not everybody is, you know, you you've got uh, um, a whole pile of novels out there. You've got six novels to start with um, uh, that uh, you you get free ebooks of, and then you've got the um, uh, some of the the nonfiction works as well. Um, so that's that's a few more complete books. You've got I think three complete graphic novels in there. Um, it's some. Um, it really is good value. I mean, for a UK, um, it's uh, £25 for the whole lot. Mm-hmm. Bargain. I know they came to me and asked me to submit some work, you know what I mean? And I, and I did all that. And I've never seen the voter pack, and I haven't bought, bought one, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, Jonathan, have you, did, you know, been up for, like, best editor? Is it best short editor you're up for? I'm up for yes. I'm I'm, the, I'm not up for best tall editor. I'm up for best short editor. <laughs> best editor short. <laughs> best editor short fiction. Yeah, that's it. Yes, I'm. Up. Did you buy any? Had, did you have to submit yeah. anything, or are you kind of uh, out of that? No, actually, no. Actually, it's not that I'm uh, over that. I would love to. It's it's never actually come along. I think they're confused as you know to what you do with editors, whether you are because it's kind of complicated getting all of an anthology or a batch of magazines. I mean, I would have thought. And in fact, I, I need to follow it up. In fact, I might even contact the people and see if they want copies of a couple of the anthologies. And you know, I thought, let's say for Sheila Williams, you know, a couple of copies of Asimov's or something, so people have an idea of what we're doing and why we're nominated. But I mean, you, when, it, when you get to the best editor long form, it's much more complicated, obviously, because they're they're the guys who edit novels. And you know, if, if you're managing, say, like say Patrick Nielsen Hayden, dozens and dozens and dozens of books into print, how many can they give you for? for nothing as part of the packet so yeah they usually don't include us but there are a couple of things that I edited that are in the pack you know the Peter Watts story The Island the Nicola Griffith story It Takes Two they're both from books of mine so you know there's, I'm sort of slightly represented I, I think the awareness is beginning to come through that um, when we first started doing editor long form there was this view that nobody would know who edited any of the books uh, and therefore the the category would be a disaster. But we've seen this year uh, a couple of new names on the editor long form mm. ballots, um, Liz Gorinsky and Julia Ullman. And surprise, surprise, uh, they have their books in the best novel list. Uh, Liz was the editor for Sherry Priest's Bone Shaker, and Juliet uh, edited Cat Valenti's Palimpsest and Paolo Bacigalupi's Wind Up Girl. Absolutely. And we should also probably, I suppose, allow that for the long-form category, as in, I think, the fan artist, cat, the fan writer cat, category with yourself, David Hartwell dis- disallowed himself well, not uh, in the best editor long-form category. Otherwise, he likely would have appeared again this year. Do you, know why, yes. do you know why he did that? I think he was being a gracious human being. He had won, and he felt like he had won enough. He had been recognized enough, and he wanted to sort of share the sunshine with other people. Cheryl, I mean, you know what question I'm going to ask you next. I'm sure you took yourself out of the run as well. Is that the same reason? Uh, pretty much so, yes. I mean, you know, um, it, it's an absolutely amazing thing, winning Hugo's. Um, and, and I'm deep, deeply, deeply honoured to have, have done so. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't want to be one of those people that they say, well, she only won because she always wins. Everybody knows her name. She gets on the ballot every year, and people vote for her like sheep. 
um, I, I wanted to get a new challenge. And so I thought, fine, let, let, let somebody else win Best Fan Writer. Because there are loads of great people out there that, uh, that really ought to get read. And in the meantime, I'm hoping that... <laughs> Sorry, no problem. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. I know. It, it, you know it, 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 it does sound very arrogant to, to say that. Sort no, of no, thing, I don't think it is at all. As as I don't think it's remotely arrogant. I think it's very gracious. Well, you know, it, it, somebody is bound to say that it's arrogant. In fact, people already have said that it was arrogant. So, um, you know, I, I, yeah, that, I can well, do about that. That's fandom. I was going to say, but, you'd get that anyways, but I mean, then you've got the other side of the coin, and Jonathan, with Locust winning every time for 30 years, do you know what I mean? And then you've got everyone yeah. griping about that, which actually I think now, though, that category, I'm so glad, because wasn't there rumours where they were going to try and ditch that category? And Oh, the, they did a couple oh, of yeah. years ago. Yeah. There was uh, a thing up, and it was actually right on the precipice of getting... Uh, cancelled. You know, they'd actually passed the motion originally. They had to confirm it the following year. I think it was in Montreal they had to do it. And um, that was voted down, so the category continues. Now, it, it's, it's certainly accurate to say historically it was the Charles N. Brown get him out of the, of, of the fanzine category here. <laughs> but, it's re- but it's really evolved yes. a lot now. You That's exact, exactly why it was created in the first place. But as Jonathan said, there's yeah. a whole load of magazines now that are eligible for it. Yeah. Uh, and Locus has some very serious competition. You, it does. I mean, I'd just like to see it. That for me now, I guess, is now more important than the novel. Do you know what I mean? I like to I like know which one, you know, which the novel, and that's always going to be the big one. But for me personally, the best semi-prosine, it's just, it's like, it's my bread and butter. It's who I kind of know, and it's friends, and it's like, the, mm. and it's certainly like the hot one now. Do you know what I mean? Especially Clark's World, Interzone, and Weird Tales in there. Whoa, mm. What a match. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'd like to think that Loc- Locus, who, you know, for those who don't know, I work for, because I'm the reviews editor, I've been working for them for the last, oh, 13 years. Um, I'd like to think that they had a bit of a go. And also from a purely sentimental uh, angle, this is the last time Charles Brown's name can ever appear on a Hugo ballot. So, you know, I'd love to see him go out in style, but that's just me. You know, I'm a sentimental kind of person. Well, Cheryl, I'm sure you're going to go for Clark's World then, are you? For... Well, as, as people may know, I work for Clark's World. I, I'm a non-fiction editor. I, I haven't been working for them for very long, only about a, a year and a bit. But uh, I'm very much hoping that uh, we will do well. We finished dead last last year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I want to do better than that this time. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, Charles Charles Brown was a good friend of mine as well. Um, I was very fond of him, and uh, I'm sure that there will be a lot of uh, sentimental voting going on. And I I won't mind at all if uh, if Locus wins again this year. Cheryl, was it was it last year the first time Clark's World was up there for a nomination in Best Semi Prosine? That's right. Yes, last year we we had our first nomination in uh, Semi Prosine and also our first nomination in the World Fantasy Awards. Uh, that didn't actually include me because I didn't start working for Clark's World until January two thousand and nine. So this this is my first year um, actually being part of the Clark's World editorial team, uh, and it's our second year on the Hugo ballot, our first year on the Locus Award ballot. You know, I think I think you know the, there is a shift there now. With you know, we've definitely seen it with this voting, the way it's going for the Hugos this year. Do you know, and Clark's World, I'm sure it's not. It's, I don't think it's going to come last this year. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to kind of put the kiss of death on it and see. I think it might win, but you know what I mean. There's a, there's a, it's a, it's a popular magazine there now, and it's all that work. You know, Neil did kind of promoting Clark's World and promoting the kind of keep the semi prosine. You know, then it was a little bit for me, a little bit too early. But now it's settled in and it's back in there again in the best semi prosine. Mm. Well, we, we've been you know, publishing I mean, some kick-ass fiction. So, you, you have. I mean, the, the thing I would say about this category, I mean, whenever there's an awards and there's a category, someone will sit there and go, "Well, as long as this one doesn't win." I'm pretty happy. In the, you know, in the, in the semi-prosian category, even as someone who's you know, sort of technically involved, I would not be upset to see anybody win that. Clark's World have had an awesome year. Weird Tales have developed, you know, have really turned around a magazine that was in the doldrums and has become exciting, you know. And Interzone and Ansible are, fi- are fine publications. So you couldn't say that anybody there isn't a good winner for the, for the award, frankly. So, it's a, it, make, it makes it a great category and something which, you know, I mean, yes, I want Locus to win. I would be very happy to see Clark's World win as well. Uh, and I'd be happy to see any of the others. But, I mean, those would be my favorites. I mean, when it 
comes time to cast my vote, I'll certainly be voting Locust first. But Clark's World will feature very highly indeed because I think it's, a, it's become a great magazine. And I kind of wish people would stop talking about it as being an online thing because I think the least interesting thing about Clark's World is that it appears online. I think the interesting stuff about it is its content, uh, the quality of the fiction, the quality of the nonfiction. And that's what people should be talking about. Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> should, should, should we talk a little bit then about the, the, the novel, the best up for best novel? Sure. What, Cheryl, you know, I know, like you say, we haven't, and we basically got to go with, you know, who we like, because we haven't read them all, and that's, all, that's always the case, do you know what I mean? And for my two cents yeah. worth, I would just love China Mieville to win, you know, I would love him to win this, and I would love him to win the, Hugh, the, the Nebula, because that, that just puts that book on a class and a distinction above any, anything else, you know, to kind of scoop all them awards, you know, that he's won, has he won, how many has he won now for the thing, you know? Uh, just just two so far, the BSFA Award and the Clark. He's got the Nebula coming this weekend. Uh, if he wins that, people are going to start getting really excited about... Uh, the, he's the he's also got a Locust Award nomination in there too. Yep, yep. For Best Fantasy Novel. You know, so I mean, he'd have to be a very strong contender though. You know, I mean, for me, uh, sentimentally speaking, I'd like, I mean, for, well, not sentimentally speaking, I'd like to see Paolo Bacigalupi get up. You know, I love China's book. I love Cherie's book. I've read uh, Robert Charles Wilson's book, which I like, but I don't think it's his best. I've not read Cat's book, and I've not read Bob Sawyer's book. But the Paolo, but Bachelorette, I'd love to see it win. I just would. I think it's a great science fiction novel, and I'd love to see a great science fiction novel win the Hugo Award again. Just going off the off the kind of Twitter talk, you know what I mean? Paolo's mm. book, you know, there was a lot of talk there. You know, that that's one, and I think you know that one. This is my personal thing. That one and. China Mievels are the kind of the two runners. Mm. Like you say, I don't know if Wake is really, you know, I don't know if that's going to even get anywhere, to be quite honest. But this is just my views. Cheryl, go on. Where, where do you think? Um, you know, if, if I had to pick, pick a winner, I, I think definitely either China or, or, or Paolo. Um, and probably China out of that lot, although the fact that he's winning everything else may count against him. Um, personally, I'm enormously torn on this. You know, it, it, it's not um, not often that I get um, several books that I actually nominated on the ballot, but there are mm. three there that, that I nominated, um, China, Cat, and Paolo. And they're all great books. I've been fans of, of China and Cat for years. Um, Paolo's book I loved. Uh, I've just read Bone Shaker as well, and that, that's a really, really good novel, so I'm not surprised that it, it's there. Um, you know, it's it's a great ballot that we've got this year, and it'll be very, very, very difficult. I I don't know who I'm going to vote for yet. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of curiosity, then, Cheryl, are you are you one that leaves your vote until the very last minute? You know, or do you jump in and rush and think, you know and go with your good no, feeling? I, I I tend to leave it a fair amount of time, but I do not leave it to the last minute because. I'm always worried that the website might go down under the pressure in the, in the last day of voting. So I try to vote like two or three days before the deadline, just in case. Jonathan, how, how do you do uh, the voting? I do the, I do the exact opposite. Because you can always recast your vote up until the deadline, what I do is I cast a default vote early, and then I amend it if I change my mind. So I've already cast a vote for the Hugos. I did it the day it opened. Uh, and if between now and I think it's the 31st of July, if between now and then I change my mind, I'll amend it. But at least I know that I voted and I won't forget to, have, you know, to, to cover all the stuff that I'd wanted to. I think getting in early is always good. I mean, it, the fact you have the freedom to change your vote really makes it uh, easy and sensible to, to vote early. Have you told with Jonathan who you're voting for? Or do, or are you not going to tell her? <laughs> well, okay, let me put, let me put Good politician now. I'll, I'll put it this way. Cherie Priest is a friend of my publishers. I've had lunch with China Mayville. I go drinking with Paolo Bacigalupi. Charlie Stross just sold me a story. Um, no, I don't really want to go into it too much. I mean, the, the, what I like about it, and this is, this is going to sound like I'm just being diplomatic, um, 
all of the ballots are strong, particularly in the fiction. You know, uh, I'm willing to say that in the best novelette category, I really want it to be Peter Watts or Nicola Griffith. I published them. I'm grateful to them to, for, let me, for letting me have the stories to put out. And I think they're both very, very fine stories. There are others on the ballot I would understand if they won. But those are where I would sort of say, I mean, other than that, you know, yes, I have personal preferences, but I wouldn't want to sort of make a great big case of it. I mean, if I was going to... Yeah, let's throw the dice. If I was going, to, I would like to see Paolo Bazzagalupi pick up the novel. I'd like to see Ian McDonald win a, win a Hugo for his novella. Uh, you know, Vishnu at the Cat Circus. Uh, I think I'd really love to Peter Watts or Nicola Griffith. I mean, I love the stories both, and you know, there's a sentimental thing with Peter Watts where he's had a very hard time of it, of course, of late, and it'd be nice to see him win. Um, on the other hand, Nicola hasn't written much short fiction. This is the first thing she's done in ages, and it's terrific. I really want – actually, I've got – this is one prejudice. I really, really, really want Kids Johnson to win for Spar. I love that story. Is, you know, I, mean, I know it's yours and it's from Clark's World and all that, but I just, it's a great story. And you know, I had this conversation with Sean Wallace about it before that was published, saying you know, they weren't sure if they were going to publish it. Maybe they'd delay it. I'm going, if you publish it this year, I'll put it in my year's best. Because I already know it belongs there, and it belongs on the award ballot, and it deserves to win. It really does. You so. know, like I said, best novelette. Then you know, Peter Watts, he, and, and it's hard to say. You know, he's had a hard time, and you shouldn't kind of make that the reason why you go for him. But even before all that, you know, what I mean, he's he's been a great friend of like Starship so far. And it's mm. funny. I'm going to play actually, Jonathan. I think it's next week. You know, I've got the recording of Nicola Griffiths. It takes two, so that's going to come oh, next. Magic. Yes, so that's oh, wow, to, that's great. That's coming out on next Wednesday, hopefully. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. eclipse three, you know, or eclipse the whole series. That's you know, it's a that means a lot to me as well. So thank you, thank you. It that's a hard one. Do you know what I mean? I, you know, I don't know. It it's, oh, it's, it's like I'm hoping an R in the only. But, but, but this, this is the great thing. You only have to work out your own prejudices and let the voting, you know, uh, take its take its part course. I mean, to me, the greatest, the worst thing that anybody can do, and I've heard Cheryl say something along these lines as well, is to look at the ballot and say, I haven't read anything, so I won't vote. This is all about the aggregation of votes. You know, everybody gets a little bit of a say about what they read, so that it can. Uh, come up with a consensus sort of a position through the vote. So hopefully enough people will have, will have read Iris Philia Agape by Rachel Swirsky, The Island by Peter Watts, It Takes Two by Nicola Griffith, One of Our Bastards is Missing by Paul Cornell, Charlie Strauss's Overtime, and Eugene Foster's Story Center of Baker Fabulous Priest. And then they can sit there and make up their own minds. And, you know, me voting for this, you voting for that, it all will even out. And we can sit there and hopefully look look at a democratically chosen thing we're all all happy with, and the fact that you know more. I mean, if we get uh, let's say two thousand people show up for Worldcon this year, I don't know what it'll be. If you've got two thousand people voting, that would be the greatest thing ever, because it would be the most representative vote you could get of the Worldcon's com- community and what they think of the nominees that are in the field. I think it'd be awesome. So you know, I'm excited. I'm just, I can't wait. I mean, I, I will say this. I think Peter Watts is probably one of the the what, five or six most important science fiction writers around right now. So he deserves to be there, and he deserves his chance, certainly. Uh, it would be you know? lovely to know, and we'll never probably find out who's, you know, who's actually, when they do the vote, and how many has actually read the, the work, or it's ah, just, well, it's just work, you know, voting because well, they like that, that, that that's person. The, that's the whole point of the, the voter packet, is that now, now people mm. can read the work. It's all there. It's available for them, and it doesn't take that long to read the short fiction. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, you've got to say that Worldcon, which has been running since, what, 1939 or 29 or something, has never made it easier to be involved in the Hugos in an informed way than it does today. You nominate online, you join the convention online for next to nothing, you um, vote online, and it's an easy, easy thing to do. You've got the texts for 80% of the nominees in front of you if you just click, you know, click a download button. So, I mean, this is an easy time to be actively involved, and people really, really should. I think that people can be cynical about awards and skeptical about awards, but in many ways, with a public vote like this one, the result is as good as you let it be. You know, the one thing that would make me angry about the 2010 Hugo Awards is people were if people were to sit around the bar sniping about how they're not representative, nobody really cares, and then you know they're not really worth anything. They have the chance to be the best Hugo Awards we've had yet, and everybody who's a member of the convention should be pushing to make that happen. I think. I mean, one thing that's pleased 
me is that we've had a record number of people involved in nominations this year, and we've had one of the best nominee slates that I've seen for ages. So, you know, that, that, that has to be a good thing. And, and hopefully we will get also a, a record number of people participating in the final ballot. Well, Cheryl, just, just then, can you, have you got the details how people can come over and vote? And, it, you know, what it, how, how you go about doing it now if you're not going to go to Worldcon? Okay, well, the, uh, you need to go to the AussieCon website, and the uh, uh, URL for that is www.aussiecon4.org.au, and the, the four is the number four, not, uh, not the letters. Um, but if, if you go to worldcon.org, they'll be uh, appointed to it from there. Uh, and then when you go to the homepage of AussieCon 4, right at the top, it says Announcements, Hugo Voter Packet Released. You click on that, and it explains exactly how you can join up and uh, how you can download your voter packet. It's dead simple. Now, now we must just cover one certain category. (laughs) 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 Um, I can't imagine what what category we're thinking about here, Tony. Best professional artist, right? (laughs) (laughs) If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Best fanzine, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's, oh. Well, it's more what, what I'm interested in from, from YouTube point of view. Is the other ones, talk about the other ones, because I don't know. The other, you know what I mean? I'm just in my own little bubble here, in my own little world of Starship Sova. So, Cheryl, do you know... Most yeah. of the other ones, have you getting, been in contact I, with I them do. before? I, I, I know all of them. Um, Stephen Silver is a, a long-time fan from the Chicago area. Argentus has been going for many years. I believe it's been nominated before. Uh, and it, it's, it's a very competent fanzine. It's available on efanzines.com. Um, certainly deserves to be up there. Uh, Banana Wings, uh, Claire Briley and Mark Plummer, that's the other... British entry in the uh, the, the field. Uh, again, it's a fine fanzine. It's generally not available electronically, which I'm sure um, hurts them a little bit. But I think they've got some stuff in the uh, the voter packet. Um, again, it's it's a very fine fanzine. Uh, um, Challenger um, Guy Lillian has been on the ballot for it seems like forever, certainly a lot longer than I have, and he's never won. And again, great fanzine available o- online. Um, I'm sure there must be a lot of, of sentimental feeling that it's about time that, that Guy won. Uh, Mike Glyer, of course, is uh, a long-time um, feature of, of the Hugos. He's won far more Hugos than I have. 
Um, and he's up there again. He's done a great job of reinventing File 770 as uh, a website, uh, although I believe there's still a, a paper mag- magazine still available. And finally, we've got the, the new kid on the block, the irrepressible Chris Garcia, who's uh, a good friend of mine from San Francisco fandom. Um, when, when we have the, the weekly meeting of the Bay Area Science Fiction Association, um, Chris is the vice president, and when he comes to give his report, almost every week he will say that a new issue of The Drink Tank has been published. Some weeks there will be two new issues of The Drink Tank that he's published. <laughs> um, how he manages to type that quickly is a mystery to me, and possibly he types a little too quickly for his his own good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but his his output and his enthusiasm is is absolutely amazing. And I'm sure that one of these days he's going to win a Hugo. Are they all like like it's still going? Is it like a regular? Magazine, you know, none of them's kind of oh, yeah. died off. They're all still kind of even now publishing publishing works. Uh, absolutely, yes. Um, in fact, all of them have been going for a long time. Drink Tank is the newest, but uh, I think all the rest have been going for um, at least five years, possibly ten. Right, so Drink Tank's just really, I was going to say, because Starship so has probably been going since, I don't know, sometime 2006 maybe. So Drink Tank's yeah. newer, than, newer than Starship Sofa? I believe so, yes. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, I don't want to, you know, influence your votes, but you know, what I mean, I'll be coming around with hatchets and little knives if you don't vote for Starship so far, everyone. Yeah. Uh, Drink Tank, by the way, is up to issue two hundred and forty-eight. Wow. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say. I mean, when it comes to best fanzine. I'm, I'm that other generation of people in some ways. I represent them. I mean, a friend of mine was saying the problem with a lot of the fanzines is that passed them around in print copy amongst people who don't get, you know, amongst a set group who know they exist and nobody else is aware of them. The podcasts seem more generally available. I think I've seen one copy of File 770 in my life and no copies of any of the others ever. But you can you know? read the File, 70, File 770 blog and you can get Argentus uh, from efanzines.com. Challenger has its own website um, and generally Guy puts up uh, an electronic version about six months or so after the paper version has gone out. Uh, drink tank, just never, is, I don't know. Yeah, they're they're all available, but you know, I I don't read that much uh, in fanzines these days because there's a limit to the amount of time I have to read. Mm, exactly. Um, you can listen to us. Them, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, in the car and uh, in all sorts of places when when you can't really read very well. Um, and there's a whole new kind of fan kind of contact. I mean, I, I was thrilled to see. Uh, the sofa get up for that reason. I think it it shows fandom evolving, you know, uh, and ju- just as actually the nominations for the Hugo's do. I mean, what's it? Ninety three percent of all the ballots were cast online, you know. Uh, it all ties in with that. I mean, and when I read a lot of the controversy potentially about uh, Starship Sofa being nominated, I couldn't help but think that it's it's a generational thing, maybe not an age generational thing, but a fan slash science fiction field generational thing. We've all moved forward. We're all online, and this is where we're looking. And you know, I think you know, I think the sofa might have a bit of a tilt at this, Tony. Yeah. It's too bad you're not going to come down to Melbourne. I know, I know. Yeah, I'll never, never mind that. <laughs> what I'm, what I'm, what I'm collecting will, a trophy. To <laughs> it's well, hopefully, you know, <laughs> it's hard to kind of even talk in them terms without like blushing and like, oh, have we, I don't join you, but. If it ever, 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 ever came off, do you know what I mean? Grant's down there. Mm. And what would be nice, and it was actually Grant that said it, because I said, oh, you know, Grant, would you go up and get it? Because even if I was there, I would be terrified of getting up. Do you know what I mean? It's like, that's not my scene yep. anyways. And Grant went, oh, bloody hell, right? Uh, okay. And then he came back and said, what would be a good idea if, you know, if... Starship Sofa was looking to do it. Grant would just go up, not say a word, but just have an iPod and just press play ah, yes. against the microphone, <laughs> and it would be me talking. You know, and Grant would just be this kind of clone, just holding this i iPod next to the microphone. It would be me saying hello. <laughs> so we will wait and see about that. You know what I mean? It'd be, oh, I think that's a good idea. We never know. By the way, I've just, just checked, and the first issue of The Drink Tank was actually published in 2005, so uh, I think you are the youngest. Oh, I'm just a kiddie on the block then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's been lovely, you know, having you on here talking about this. Is there anything else 
like you think might win or is there anything I'll tell you what I was thinking is next year will be good to see what's happening do you know what I mean Starship Sofa got in there first. This is what I, that's chuffed me to bits is we've getting in there, you know, and kind of wedged them gates open. Is something like a skate pod going to get in? You know, all the other ones now, you know, the, the horde's going to come in. I'm hoping that's the case, you know, to see a lot more others, you know, online podcasts. I and I think it'll be slower than that, I hate to say. I think it might take a little while for them to really bed down because, you know, there's a lot of, mo- you know, a lot of talk to get Starship Sofa's sort of, you know, profile up amongst the non podcast listening audience I think it might take a little bit of time for some of the others even if they've been around a long time to change their profile in that way so that they start appearing on the ballot with any regularity and then you know sometimes you get lucky you win once I mean Locus won once for their website you know Uh, sometimes you have to hammer away and get through the whole awareness of people till the popular vote sort of bubbles you up and you get to have a chance to win so it can be a slow process because it's about getting awareness across the depth of the community not the breadth of it any thoughts cheryl um well no, it, it's it'll be very interesting as always i mean there, there are categories obviously that we haven't uh, covered um mm. you know i i'd like to see i think perhaps somebody other than doctor who winning this year because you know it gets a little boring having the the same series winning all the time uh i would love to see duncan jones win a hugo i i'm crossing my fingers he's actually going to turn up although i think i would make a complete idiot of myself if, if he did <laughs> i i was a fan of your dad's when i was a kid what's, <laughs> what's duncan jones what's what's he up for then i'm not too sure uh, that's that's moon it's right, um, right. Oh, right. Now, yes now i see what <laughs> Um, uh, despite the fact that Jonathan is is a good friend I'd love to see Sheila Williams get a shot because she's the only one of the the big three fiction magazine editors to to still be getting stories into the Hugo ballot Um, well if you're going to say that hang on, if you're going to say that how about about Stanley Schmidt who is, I hate to say this the bull goose loser in the history of the he is facing I'm going to get someone's going to hate me for saying that this will be his 33rd consecutive loss if he doesn't win (laughs) that's such a nice way of putting it Jonathan it's not is it no I mean I, I I, I felt, I, I, last year we were, sat, we were sitting there in Montreal and we, we were, they were unveiling the Hugo, the actual statues, and, and I was just sitting there going, oh, gosh, I, I kind of wish he'd win. I feel bad for him. I mean, I'd almost feel bad getting nominated if it was my 33rd consecutive one and I hadn't got up. You know, um, he deserves one. They should make a special one just to give to him. You know, so. Well, maybe, maybe somebody will do. I mean, uh, I mean, they're not a Hugo, obviously, but uh, a Worldcon special award or something like that. I mean, it'd be a bit embarrassing to get a, a special award for being the, the greatest all time loser in the UK. Well, maybe, maybe for taking over from John W. Campbell and running the, you know, the longest run. I think it's coming up on the longest editorship of a hard SF magazine in. Yeah. Um, SF history, so. Probably, yes. Yeah, they, they, he, he's got, got a heck of a yeah, exactly. So, and I've got a sentimental one in there. I want, I want Sean Tan to win Best Professional Artist. Ah, he's a yeah. Dear well, I mean, he, and I think he's an extraordinary. He, so, yeah, he, he's the local boy, of course, and he's an absolutely wonderful artist. But I'm afraid I, I'm still rooting for my friend John Picasso, whose, whose work I love. Um, mm. That's actually it's it's John is is really the only one I know. You know what I mean? So again, that goes back to that voting system where that's the one I know. Well, it, He's the get, one I'll get, vote for. Get get your voter packet. There's there's some people work in there. Um, I mean, this uh, Stefan Martinier, of course, has got that that magnificent cover that he did for the peer version of Desolation Road, which is totally awesome. Um, Mm. Uh, and Don, yep. Don DeSantis He's done some great is, covers for me as well. It's great. Well, Cheryl, Jonathan, I'm going to go He's through. Done Jonathan, yes. Cheryl, I'm going to go through, and yep. it's up to you. You know, if you just want to mention a novel, but I'll just mention, like, say, best novel, best novel, novella. If if you just want to just shout out your your ones you want, and then we'll we'll end it at that. And if you don't want to mention oh, okay. them, don't worry about it. So, best okay. best novel. Too close to call. Go? Good, good answer, uh, too- Cheryl. <laughs> Too, too close, but my sentimental uh, preference would be Paolo. I've got to, you know, the Wind Up Girl would be my sentimental favourite. China for yeah, me. If were, yeah, if I were in sentimental, I'd probably go with Cat. Best okay. best novella. Ian McDonald. Ian McDonald. Cage Baker. 
go for me. Best novelette? Oh, no. Nicola Griffiths. Peter Watts. Yeah. <laughs> Nicola Griffiths or Peter Watts. Either one. <laughs> I love it. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Paul Cornell is going to kill me when I see him on Friday. <laughs> Don't put this out before him. Best short story, love- then. Keith Johnson. Keith Johnson. I'm going to go for Will McIntosh. Okay. Best related yeah. work? Jack Vance. This is me, Jack Vance. He's yes. 93. It's his autobiography. What a great thing to win the Hugo for. It's Jack Vance. Jack Vance for me. I, I, I've not read Jack Francis' book yet but I, I suspect that one has a, a very good chance. I, I Obviously Farah is a, a great friend, so is Helen uh, mm. I'm hoping they do well and John Clute, of, of course um, this is, again, it's just loads and loads of great stuff that's up for this one Yes <laughs> It's hard, isn't it? Best graphic story No opinion um, Captain Britain Yeah, yeah, that would be good Paul, that'd be great. He's he's a very talented man and deserves to win. Actually, Bill Willingham's also a friend of mine. I'd be happy to see either of them win. Yeah, it's, I mean, Bill's done a, a tremendous amount of amazing work on Fables, and I definitely want to see him win one sooner or later. Um, but I, I, this this year perhaps was not the best of them. Well, for me, it's it's. Uh, I'm just going to go with the crowd because I don't know anybody who so Captain Britain as well. Jeremy, you know I mean? okay, that's as, 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 uh, as loose as I can get. Best dramatic presentation, long form. Not Moon. Avatar. Moon. Yeah, not Avatar. No, just, not, just, just not Avatar, that's all. Anything that's not, anything that's not the Smurf movie will make me happy. <laughs> Best dramatic uh, presentation, short form. God, look at how many Doctor Who's are in there. It's good. It's, it's bound to yeah. be, isn't it? I, I haven't seen any of them. I don't know. No. Um, yeah, I don't have an opinion either, honestly. I've, I've seen the three Doctor Whos and they've all kind of run together in my mind as being not much of anything. And I don't watch the other two, so I don't have an opinion. Well, I'll, I'll see a Doctor Who's so I can just win. <laughs> <laughs> you win? <laughs> Best edit at long form. I, I've been trying for years to get Julia on the ballot, and I'd love to see her win. Um, but I, I think Lou will probably win this one, and he definitely deserves it. Yes, Lou for me as well. Jonathan? Yeah. Lou, is a, uh, Lou is a dear friend and a collaborator of mine. We just did a book together that's coming out. I, I would love to see Lou win. He deserves it. He's done a lot with Pyre and would be a very worthy winner. Best editor, short form. I'm voting for me. I'm voting for me. I will come last, but I will not go down by one vote. Actually, Jonathan, you, know, you get my vote as well, to be quite honest. I, like, okay. Sheila Williams is a lovely person, you know what I mean? And I, I actually don't know Ellen Datlow, you know, and she sounds lovely, Describe. but it's, Jonathan, you've been so kind to Starship Sofa with all your work. And that's not the reason, do you know what I mean? Eclipse, you know, Eclipse, bloody one, two, three, you. you know, amazing work there. So definitely for me. Um, I, I think the voters might go for the local boy, actually. I think it's a long shot. shot. I, <laughs> right. I really do think it's a long shot. <laughs> Jonathan, I bet your palms are sweating there. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me put it this way. Ellen Datlow is a dear friend of mine. Gordon Van Gelder is a good friend of mine. And I'm, fr- I'm you know, friendly with Sheila and with Stan. So I can't say that I'd be sorry to see anybody win, you know, or anybody yeah. lose, I mean. Or win or whatever. You know, I, 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 I know them all as well, but I'd like to see Jonathan or Sheila win. Best professional artist. Uh, I think Sean will probably win. I would love to see John win because he's been you know, nominated for some time now and I really love his work. Um, Stefan Martinier, I think, has, has also done some really great work. Um, but I I read an interview with him after his, his last Hugo win where he, he basically um, dissed the awards. So I'm afraid I won't be voting for him. Has Cheryl, has John ever won before? Or is this is no. just right? I'd love Sean to win. He's a dear friend, but it's more than that. I think he's a transformative talent. I think he, you know, he's the only person I've ever I know who I would describe as being a genius. You know, honestly, I think he's that extraordinary. Uh, if he doesn't, my choice would be Stefan Martinier. He's done some gorgeous covers for books of mine, and I think that he is. You know, the, the Hugo's tend to have for, for best artists have these guys who dominate for chunks of time, and they are guys: Whalen for a hundred million years, Eggleton for a chunk of time. And I think Stefan Martinier has the chance, has the, is likely to be the next guy. And I'd be happy to see him win. But if not him, Sean Tan. 
Just out of curiosity, is in the voter pack, is there some artwork you can look at as well, is there? There is, yes, right, definitely. Right. Just, you know, just, you've got a glimpse of it then. This is the hot one for me. Best semi-pro scene. <laughs> Straight away, I'm going to go for Clark's World. That's my kitty on the block. <laughs> Thank you. Locus. I'm going for Locus. I'm prejudiced and I'm biased. And Charles was pretty well known in the Australian science fiction community. He used to come out here and visit uh, quite regularly. So I'm I'm really hoping for sentimental reasons that, he, that we win. But if we don't, I have to say Clark's World would be a very worthy winner as well. Best fan writer. Sorry, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say that I I would would love Clark's Will to win, but I expect Locus to win, and I want Clark's Will to win next year. (laughs) (laughs) Next next year, I want to see Clark's Will win Best Semi-Prozine, and uh, Peter Watts win, I think it will be Novelette for the story that we published of his in January. Mm, And neither of us us will be able to be there, because we're both barred from the U.S., Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Cheryl, was that the, the the version of the thing you're talking about? That story by That's right. Peter. Yes. You, yeah. I, I nearly got that, you know, before or not before Clark's World. I think Clark's World were in the process of getting it and then Peter says to me, you know, this do you want to have like this? And I didn't have the nerve to take it because he mentioned in his email about, you know, it could, it could run into all kind of legal things and all kind of soon and everything. And I was thinking, I'm not going to touch that with a barge pole. It kills me, that one. It's an awesome story. I loved it. I, w- I wish I could have published it. I really do. But, you know, these things happen. Mm-hmm. Best fan writer. I would like to see it go to either Claire Briley or Lloyd Penny. Uh, because again, I, I know everybody, but I think it's—I think it will go to Fred Pohl. Yes, that kind of. I mean, I, I don't know whether it's appropriate in some ways that it should go to Frederick Pohl. You know what I mean? But I'd love to see it for sentimental reasons. I would, and also, I mean, I'm not familiar with the writing of the other four, so it's easy for me to say Frederick Pohl. And I have been reading his uh, "The Way the Future" blogs site where he's talking about stuff, and it is terrific. So I'd be very happy to see him win. That's exactly the same reasons, Jonathan, for me as well. And I noticed Fred Powell's got a new a new post came out not long ago as well. So mm. you know, do check that. But yes, Frederick Paul yep. for me, best fanzine. <laughs> Let's you... all just say Starship Sofa and agree we're going to do that. I've got yeah, li- I've Starship got little electric l- little electric prods. You know, <laughs> I'm just pressing so you get like a little electric jolt if you don't see it. Now I'm not in, I'm not not in, I'm not aware of any of the best fan artists so either oh i I i'm i'm voting for dave howell because he designed that absolutely gorgeous yes that's yes you're right oh he has my vote a hundred times over that's the only (laughs) time i've ever sat been gone to a pre-hugo thing where they launched the hugo and people salivated people who said they didn't care about winning suddenly said they cared about winning explain explain which picture is this or which no, the, uh, the, the actual year, Hugo Trophy. All right. right. It, yeah. Each each year, the Hugo gets a unique base, and it's designed by a local artist, sometimes chosen by committee or by competition. And Dave Howell came up with the Montreal Hugo, which is this beautiful thing, a piece of granite that's been hacked to look like a, an asteroid, and they've scooped out the middle of it, put some lucite in it with these little iridescent uh, uh, maple leaves that look like flames, and the Hugo sitting there looks like it's taking off from this, this asteroid, and it looks phenomenally beautiful, as Cheryl would know, because she can look at one every day. Because you won well, one that I- year, didn't you? <laughs> Yes, I did. Yes, I, ha- I have one, but it's in California. <laughs> you look at a picture of it. <laughs> I have pictures of it. Yes. I, I, I can phone Kevin on Skype and he can show me how he goes. <laughs> have a look and he's probably scratching the name out and putting his own name there. <laughs> he's got one of his own. He doesn't need to. All right. Well, he, he, he won his the hard way. But uh, I mean, I, I better explain this for the listeners that generally when you run a Worldcon, you have to order sufficient Hugo trophies to make sure that you have enough to give to everybody. Otherwise, it will be kind of embarrassing. Um, but that means that because you can ha- occasionally have multiple winners, they always have one or two too many at the end. And the, the tradition with that is that um, if there's one left over, it goes to the, the chair of the convention. Uh, with with his or her name on it for having done a great job. And in the case of of Conosay in 2002, there were two left over. One went to Kevin and one went to Tom Whitmore. So Kevin has this this Hugo that he won for the incredibly difficult task of chairing a Worldcon, and he thoroughly deserves it, and so does every other Worldcon chair. 
Yeah, yeah, yes. Last one then. Well, John W. Campbell Award, Best New Writer. But it's actually, not, like I say, it's not the Hugo Award, but... Nope. Yeah. yeah, I'm going with Shauna Maguire here. I, I love her, uh, her um, Toby Day books. I'd go with Felix Gilman. I enjoyed the, the first novel a great deal. And he's represented by my agent, so we have a little connection there as well. So, uh, But I'll be very happy to see him win. Nice guy. I'm going to go for Saladin Ahmed as well. Just, I've, just because I've seen him like around on the internet and little posts. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the only reason why it's one, the one I know. So that's my vote. Yep. Okay. Well, Cheryl, Jonathan, it's been lovely. You know what I mean? I was, I was saying before we kind of started, let's just keep this to, you know, 10, 15 <laughs> minutes. I'm now clocking up right. 47 <laughs> minutes. This is this is going out as its own own show. <laughs> it's, it's, I've really enjoyed it. It's been lovely. Well, Thank it, you it's so it's much. One of the it's great things about the Hugos is that they get people talking. Oh, does it not? They do. They do. Uh, and I hope we all get a chance to chat about them in a pub sometime soon. You know, at, at, a, at a world con in the next year or two. Yes, I'll, I'll see you in the pub in Melbourne, Jonathan. <laughs> I, look, I look forward to it, and I, I hope something we'll get to cross paths too, Tony. Yes, yes. Well, if you bring a laptop, I'll be there on Skype. <laughs> well, yeah, and of course, if London wins the bid, we'll be there. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yes, twenty fourteen. Well. Mm, that was yes. a great little chat as well. That was uh, some excellent work. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. So yes, thank you so much for coming on board. And hopefully Indeed. it's been a pleasure. Yes, hopefully we'll get we'll get it you on been. after you know once it's all been you know once the dust settles you know a couple of days later and we'll we'll talk about the winners and we'll we'll gripe on that you know that was <laughs> that didn't deserve it <laughs> didn't deserve it. <laughs> yes, yes, I should have won. Just didn't last again. I haven't started yet on the things that should have been nominated and weren't. But, yeah. Yes, <laughs> there's a thought as well. Cheryl, Jonathan, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. heroes survive this terrible ordeal? Can they win through with their integrity unscathed? Can they escape without completely compromising their honor and artistic judgment? Tune in next week for the next exciting installment of Starship Sofa. Evacuation procedure initiated. Shuttle set for launch. Airlock will be opened in three, two, one. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.